0: Yeah. All right, folks. Good morning. Today is February tenth. It's Friday. Welcome to episode number three hundred and one of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief. And I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. Over the next forty-five minutes, which I'm super pumped about, me, you, Charles Sapp, Jim Wales, Lon Taylor, Jen Langford, shiny buttons and all the rest of chat are gonna be tearing through the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner, or if you're looking to break in the industry, you're gonna have value. You're gonna get terminology, good networking, all the good stuff. I'm super pumped. Also at the mid roll, stay tuned for that. We've got Grayson's joke of the week, always a fan favorite. So sit back, relax. If you got a Lambo, recline the seat. We're going to get right into the news, but before we do that, I want to give a shout out. Happy 300. Oh, George Strasburger, thanks so much. You were missed, George. Hey, Jenny Housley. Before we get into it, I do want to give a shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors, starting with Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil, but Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at (coughs) Barricade, excuse me. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. You can see here on screen, I've got barricadecyber.com up the real value here. Obviously you can learn all about their company. Thanks Tony MBA, love the, (laughs) Love the 6 months of squad support. Guys, uh this is their website. But I, what I really want to call your attention to is Eric Taylor's calendar. You can basically hop on and get with him at 10:15 this morning. Why would you want to get on the phone with Eric Taylor? Simple. Hey Eric, this is my company. Hey Eric, I work in infosec at this business. We don't have a plan for disaster recovery or excuse me, uh dealing with a major cybersecurity incident can barricade cyber help us yes barricade cyber can help you what would that look like yada 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 how much would that cost yada 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 great let's put let's put like an agreement in place not exchange money yet just an agreement and understanding and it, when crap hits the fan all of that legwork is already put to bed you hear me it's it's it, like to me it's like blows my mind to not do due diligence and do care in ways like this so check them out barricadecyber.com i've worked with eric professionally Uh, in the past and had a good experience obviously it's half the reason half the reason why he is a uh um (laughs) a sponsor of the simply cyber daily cyber threat preview holy crap my brain just like short-circuited there for a second you might want to go back and freeze frame what i just did it just let's get this coffee going y'all oh good grief can't believe i just short-circuited that's so good I also want to give a shout out and love to IT Pro TV. Now IT Pro by ACI Learning, great content out there. They've um, established a relationship with Simply Cyber. You can go to uh, Simply Cyber thirty uh, as the coupon code, and you get thirty percent off your first month, your first year. I dropped a link in chat. If you're looking for educational content, that's excellent. Check out IT Pro TV. It's 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 sick. I, I really I really like it. All right. Remember, each episode of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE. So be sure to say what's up in chat, like Allison Van Stone, my marketing friend, Allison Van Stone, who's been crushing it, I might add, with 100 Days of Cyber. Great job, Allison. Um, just say what's up. It's You can record it, take a screenshot, whatever you want. If you're on replay, hashtag Team Replay. I got to tell you guys, you Team Replay folks, you bring the heat in the comments. I really, it's... You know you know how everybody has their own like little, um, not traditions, but like routines, right? So like maybe you get up, brush your teeth, make coffee. That's your routine or whatever. One of my routines, I'm telling you right now, is like after I put the kids to bed uh, and like I'm beginning to chill out, I go through the team replay comments and read them. They crack me up. Uh, they give me some insight into the different people's personalities and stuff like that. So genuinely appreciated. Hashtag team replay in chat. Okay, now. 91 of us in here hopefully you guys caught that interview with bryson Bort last night it was a little bit deeper i do try to keep simply cyber content at the um you know I, I cover a wide range of things but i do try to keep it accessible uh for folks last night was adversary emulation and understanding it it was a very deep talk very deep topic uh we went really deep on it uh, very senior level kind of discussions it was awesome though bryson is uh just a, a treasure for the cybersecurity community so if you didn't catch that go check it out on the channel it's available as a a, a VOD a video on demand you can check out all right so Kimberly cyber munchkin Harish George and Tom Bishop age Tin stale guys settle down or sit, sit sit not settle down you're not so rampant and holy crap what is going on with my brain today y'all Woo i was going to say sit down relax put on the cans let the smooth jazzy sounds of simply cyber's Cybersecurity daily breath briefing wash over you in an awesome wave let's do this i'll see you guys at the mid-roll hopefully this coffee will take effect and uh i need to simmer down right Lonnie Taylor i need to simmer down i'm the one who's a hot mess on fire right now holy crap seriously oh. all right let's go From the CISO series, it's Cybersecurity Headlines.
1: It's Friday, February 10th, 2023. <laughs> yeah. Microsoft Outlook, Outlook outage prevents friends? users yeah. from sending and receiving Thank you, emails. Jeremy. I do need it. Microsoft is investigating and working on addressing an ongoing outage affecting the company's Outlook webmail service. Users have been reporting issues while sending, receiving, or searching email through Outlook.com. Some also report not being able to connect to Outlook.com, seeing 500 errors when trying to log in or having their entire accounts wiped and not seeing any emails after connecting. According to information shared via the company's Microsoft 365 status Twitter account, Redmond is performing targeted restarts to portions of the infrastructure impacted by a recent change.
0: All right, thank you. And Jen, uh, hold on one second. Jeremy Williams with the Super Chat. Jen? Jen Langford, shiny buttons. Love the name, Jen. Thanks so much for the super chat. Do we, do we just, we just become, become best friends? friends? Yep. yep. Give you the uh, this, the manual and the real sound effect. Thank you so much, Jen. Appreciate the squad support. All right, guys. Um, so Jay Smith's been having an experience. Guys, here's the problem. I mean, Microsoft, you do get kind of five nines uh, reliability, availability, as you would expect. Somebody, this is not a cyber attack, but we need to be mindful of um denial of service essentially right like even through misconfiguration even through you know network admin mistakes email admin mistakes whatever crap can happen and you can have an outage right this is part of the part of the trade-off if you will of going with cloud-based services right when you hold on there's like listen to this okay let, let me show you this Be mindful of this okay guys because cloud is you know oh cloud it's gonna save all it's gonna save us all okay guys check this out this is like a famous graphic right like on the left is on site you host everything on the right is like Microsoft Word right like in the cloud and everything in between as you move from left to right the red is the cloud service provider managing and handling it okay. You'll notice this mid tier is the operating system. That's a pretty important one. All the physical stuff, physical security, uh, networking, cabling, all that crap, right? When you move to the right, you are you are uh, basically outsourcing the responsibility, the human responsibility of managing, maintaining, supporting, you know, patching all that crap. Uh, you're you're outsourcing that to a third party, which is great because you don't need the manpower, woman power. You don't need the time, energy, effort, resources, uh, money to manage that. That's the benefit. That's the dream of the cloud. Someone else does it, right? Well, the problem is when you do that, you also um, you also give up control. So when there is an outage, you can't do anything except hold your, you know. <laughs> you know, hold, hold a ham sandwich in your hand and sit there on the sidelines and, and chill out and wait until it comes back up. You can't do anything. I, I will tell you two things. Microsoft is obviously a giant in the space. So you're not gonna get this type of what I'm about to tell you. You're not gonna get this type of relationship. But when you are outsourcing with third parties, I don't care if it's a cloud service provider or it's a professional services, right? Like like uh, Barricade Cyber Solutions, right? Like where you're getting actual human capital. Whenever you're doing those things, the contract, yes, the contract should outline what the services are, services rendered, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Terms, agreements, payment schedule, all that crap. But you also should have um, sections in contract language around what happens when services are broken, when services are not delivered, what defines when services are not delivered? Like right now, this Microsoft outage, there's probably something in the contract that says, you know, five nines of availability. Okay, meaning like 99.999% of the time it's up, but there is some chance of it being down just like this. Well, what happens? Do you get a free month of service? Do you get uh, to immediately terminate your contract? Like what is the the, the release valve Uh, For situations like this because if you don't put that in your contract spoiler alert say you sign a three-year contract and you don't have any like you have no leverage in the contract right and a week into it their service takes a huge crap and they're just like looks like we're going to be down indefinitely. You're locked in for three years and like I mean this is the most outrageous example but you're locked in for three years you can't do anything except violate the contract right which they could probably sue you for because they were smart and put it in the contract that you can't pull out of the contract right so you've got to be mindful when you're doing contract and I know contracts wicked boring but guess what welcome to GRC part of GRC is understanding information security terminology in contract languages before you agree to do business with another party. Okay, having said all that, hopefully Microsoft gets this sorted out. It sounds like they're on top of it. Um, you know, they have a Microsoft 365 status uh, Twitter account. Let's, let's investigate it right now. Pulling it up on stream. They've resolved the data center issues. All right, there we go. And just like that, it's, it's been resolved. No surprise. No surprise, guys. This would be... Outlook is like a critical service offering of microsoft right exchange online in the cloud uh i'm assuming exchange online in the cloud and and outlook are are one and the same on the back end so they were absolutely going to get this fixed way to go microsoft
1: britain and u.s make a major move against ransomware gangs by sanctioning seven individuals holy crap hold on one second rebecca fisher is reporting that it pro has hacker free
0: weekend on february 18th through 19th 75 free hours of training. Um Well then. Um Yes, yes, yes. All right. Um let's do this. All right. Um nice job Rebecca Fisher. Thank you for sharing that. Um I'm going to drop a link in chat guys. I'm telling you I like it's not just cuz I'm affiliated with them or simply cyber. Like I like IT Pro is excellent. Daniel Lowry is excellent. Here's a link in chat. All right, let's get back to the news.
1: United States on Thursday sanctioned seven people connected to a single network behind the Conti and Ryuk ransomware gangs, as well as the TrickBot banking trojan. The sanctions are described as the first major move of a new campaign of concerted action between Britain and the United States, and insiders say that further actions should be expected later this year. The sanctions mean the individuals have their assets frozen and face travel bans, according to the British government. One of the group has also been charged by the Department of Justice with conspiracy to commit bank fraud and eight counts of bank fraud.
0: Okay, so it sounds like not surprised. We heard about this uh, uh, this guy. Uh, I I can't remember. Uh, okay, so not to sound ignorant, but like th- these these names are all uh, appear Russian in nature. There was a story yesterday about a Ryuk guy getting uh, pulled. Uh, I don't know if it was one of them or not. Basically, what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing is that the United States and the United Kingdom have amassed quite a wealth of evidence on threat actor operations around ransomware. Right? And they're they're moving on it now like good good like there's been like you know breaking down ransomware operations it's been like hit or miss and like you know like a quick bum rush right we remember um Revo got hit right before like oddly Revo got hit by russia <laughs> right before russia invaded ukraine but it still happened conti dissolved itself so thank thank goodness for that um we saw um lapsus group um, get taken down, that, that teenager in England. So, like, there's been, like, intermittent spurts, but there hasn't been a concerted, like, uh, effort. Like, like, I feel like this right here is the part of the, the movie where, like, the music montage happens and all the feds start, like, kicking in doors and arresting people. But, like, it's, like, three seconds of this scene and then three seconds of this scene and it's, like, all right, you know, like, like they're in the they're in the um, the conference room, and they're like, all right, here's the plan. This, 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 and then like the music starts, and it's like, like, oh yeah, like, let let's go, people, and it's like, do 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 do, right? And then like it's just like arrest, 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 arrest. So that's what's happening right here. Um, from a information security industry perspective, this is freaking awesome. Like we've been losing to ransomware for years. And if this happens, if the major players are taken down, two things are going to happen. One, you're going to have a vacuum of brain trust. Um, like pe- the people who are running, you know, the, 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 the real smart ones behind the ransomware operations and like the criminal masterminds, if they're gone, there'll be a vacuum and you'll have like, I guess, second tier brain trust trying to operate uh, based on what they saw. Secondly, and more importantly, You're going to see a, um, like, you know, people are going to be looking over their shoulder. People are who, people who are on the fence about becoming criminals or getting involved with ransomware or maybe don't like the lifestyle. Like they have, you know, maybe they started a family or, since they got into ransomware and they don't like the idea of going to jail and not watching their children grow up. They are going to think twice about making these decisions. So good on UK good on the United States holler at your boy let's let's take
1: them down the criminals experts publish a list of proxy IPs used by the pro-russia group Killnet researchers at security scorecard published a list of proxy IPs used by the pro-russia group with the intent to interfere with its operation and block its attacks KillNet, which has been active since March 2022, has launched DDoS attacks against governments and critical infrastructure of countries that expressed support to Ukraine, including against hospitals, airports, and government agencies. The list of almost 18,000 proxy IPs was published on GitHub and also includes addresses used by other gangs. The intent of the publication was to assist organizations in blacklisting them.
0: right way to go security scorecard uh this is interesting two two things like one technical right so by releasing the list of proxy ips we uh defenders practitioners can block those ips we can uh you know like basically put in denial of service uh mitigations so you know if if heavy amounts of traffic come from those ips you you know dynamically block them um, this is really cool. Now, an interesting thing is, and correct me if I'm wrong in chat, guys, but security scorecard, I'm surprised to see security scorecard deliver this information because I have been of the mindset that security scorecard, while a good company, their focus is entirely like like a hyper-GRC function where they will evaluate a business and tell you their information security level essentially if you're going to do business with another company and it, like and you get like a questionnaire or whatever you could opt out and say oh we've done security scorecard here's our score like you know what i mean it's supposed to be a grc augment function to relieve the uh the burden of having to complete these freaking questionnaires that are like running rampant right now in our industry they are not security researchers doing technical stuff around pro-russia uh you know, hacktivist groups. So this is really interesting to me that they're moving into this space. Like I would expect something like Recorded Future or Cisco Talos to do something like this, not security scorecard. So uh, interesting, interesting research. Let me, let me see this really quickly. Yeah, look at these guys. Huh. Nice job, security scorecard. Um, yeah, see, security scorecard offers security ratings, which provide an outside, like where's the IPs though, man? I don't see where the IPs are, whatever, whatever. Anyways, long story short, like, here's the thing at this point, you, you, you individual probably don't need to do much with this. Um, because you would hope that, um, your, your upstream security providers are dynamically incorporating these things into what you're doing. If you do manage network engineering stuff, if, um, if uh, DJ BSEC is in chat right now, uh, I'd be curious, he is a network engineer by trade, uh, what to do with these proxy IPs. I mean, you can keep an eye out for them, look for traffic coming from them. Realistically, because it's a denial-of-service attack, you just don't want traffic coming from those. Uh, okay.
1: An SSL fixes multiple new security flaws with latest updates. The OpenSSL project has released fixes to address several security flaws including a high-severity bug in the open-source encryption toolkit that could potentially expose users to malicious attacks. Tracked as CVE-2023-0286, the issue relates to a case of type confusion that may permit an adversary to read memory contents or enact a denial of service. This according to maintainers in an advisory. The vulnerability is rooted in the way the popular cryptographic library handles X509 certificates and is likely to impact only those applications that have a custom implementation for retrieving a certificate revocation list over a network. The issue has been patched in OpenSSL versions 3.0.8, 1.1.1T, and 1.0.2ZG. Wow.
0: Man, he was getting super technical there for a hot minute for an audio podcast. Alright, here's the deal. OpenSSL has been um, the tar- like the target of multiple news stories recently, um, including the, like there was a, like a huge hubbub a couple months ago in our industry of like, ooh, like super, super sick, super high risk uh, OpenSSL volume dropping Monday. Ooh, and people were like freaking out and then it dropped and it was like, oh, it's not too bad. Uh, Guys, if you're using OpenSSL, just maintain normal patch management. This doesn't even have a CVSS score right now, um, right? So it, it doesn't have a score yet, which means it, you know you can't see how sc- serious it is. But based on what he said, um, it, it's a very specific type of issue. Uh, yes, type confusion. You know, an adversary can read memory, so they can't even write memory. They can't execute arbitrary code, which makes this a little less dangerous. Reading memory uh okay not not a big deal denial of service yeah that would suck uh and, and having to do with the xo x509 cert uh and how it does a certificate revocation lookup. guys th- this is like a hyper to me like yes this is a vulnerability but this isn't really like oh like you know uh you know <laughs> hide your wife hide your kids like like this isn't that big a deal, okay? Like just follow normal patch management. Like the the like if this thing is so likelihood and impact, right? How you do a risk calculation, okay? When I look at this, the likelihood is not high because it's a very specific situation where uh, like an application would have to have a custom implementation for retrieving a very specific part of PKI infrastructure using X, you know, an X five hundred nine cert, right? on top of that, even if they are successful at exploiting it, which it's not likely, all they're going to get is uh, reading memory or denial of service, right? So like what is in memory of these devices? Is it super sensitive? And if you're doing a denial of service, like I guess maybe if it's like a web server of your front end of Joel Belton's ice cream shop or something like that. But I just, I don't see that impact is like catastrophic, right? So if I'm going to take a guess here, feeling the wind, I'm gonna say CVSS score of six. Okay, we'll check back tomorrow. I'm gonna to, I'm gonna give it a six. Actually, I'm not even gonna go that high. I'm gonna say five, five. Over under. The over under is five eight. The over under is five eight. We're taking fun fake bets
1: now. Get your get your bets in. All right, here we go. Mid roll. And now a word from our sponsor, us. Yes, CISO series. If it's important, it will likely be in the cybersecurity headlines update in the morning. And it allows me and my team to dig in a little more on aspects that might affect our technology stack, said Sean Bowen, CISO for World Fuel Services. Security leaders listen and make decisions based on what they hear on this very show. Do you have a solution that just needs to find the attention of the right audience of cyber professionals? If you're interested in sponsorship, email us at info at CISO what odds we Kevin?
0: All right. So we're getting some, un- a lot of people saying under Kayla Rose has got four, eight Shane Andrews, just a blanket under. We're not taking odds. I-, I don't even know how to gamble. Like when I go to Vegas, I do not gamble. I'm just not like gambling. I don't understand. Like when you say like, you know, like, like, like I don't even know, like I can't even make up like stuff on the fly. Cause I don't even know enough about the terminology. Here we go. all right guys i want to take a minute and say thank you to all of you for being here it is friday there's 163 of us here hello good to see you if you're getting educational value out of the stream if you're getting entertainment value out of the stream if you're getting any value out of the stream take a hot minute hit that like button it does go a long way into um into helping me it's it's a very simple way it seems like trivial almost but and i know a lot of youtubers say hit the like button hit the bell for notifications whatever like hitting the like button on a live stream helps promote this to other cybersecurity practitioners. It means a lot to me. Take a second and I appreciate it. Uh, also, I know it's Friday so it's it's not gonna have the stickiness, but if, you, if you're a regular of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, I would genuinely appreciate it as a favor to me if you would share with your network on LinkedIn or wherever you communicate with other people what we're doing here. And, and what why it's worth a dang, you know? So please share it with those that you think would get value out of it. Again, thanks to Barricade Cyber Solutions and ACI Learning for their uh, continued support. We've got, uh, I'm really excited guys. Like I've been, I've gotten some calls uh, from different people who wanna be part of Simply Cyber from a sponsorship perspective. I only wanna ever have three sponsors. I feel like anything more and it's kind of, you know, bloated and cumbersome. Uh, but some really, really great people reaching out to me. I'm excited um, for March and April and May. So stay tuned for that. Um, if you want, I'm gonna write the newsletter tomorrow. Go to simplycyber.io/newsletter. If you want to get an email from me, which basically will have um, three actionable pieces of intel that you can take advantage of on Monday morning and start kicking butt instantly at work delivering cyber risk reduction it's kind of like I'm doing like uh, essentially like free consulting for your business essentially um, I didn't get to do it last week because I had uh, other commitments but I'm, I'm back on it now all right it is Friday so it's Grayson's joke of the week Grayson dropped this gem on me this morning as he was leaving for school you guys know Alfalfa from the little R- rascals Alfalfa from the Little Rascals, um, areas. famously known for that, um, his hair. Grayson said, Dad, Dad, do you know why Alfalfa's hair stuck, uh, uh, he had his hair like that? I said, no, Grayson, why? He said, because he'd always have something sticking up for him when bullies came around. I said, all right, all right. So that's Grayson's joke of the day. Alfalfa's hair sticks up, because he needs somebody to stick up for him when bullies come around. Thank you so much, Grayson, for the joke of the week. Genuinely appreciate that. All right, guys. Genuinely appreciate it. Let's see, let's go, Nick. Kimberly can fix it's all up in here. Bringing the ice cream. Coffee's flowing. I haven't made a, 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 a mistake since the opening. I have no idea why the audio just cut out like that. Uh all right. I'm I'm lingering so we can do the hey-hey-hey hey. Thank you all for being here. La
1: la 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 la. La la. Let's get back to the news. News Penguin threat actor emerges with malicious campaign targeting Pakistani entities. A previously unknown threat actor dubbed News Penguin has been linked to a phishing campaign targeting Pakistani entities by leveraging the upcoming international maritime expo as a lure. Researchers at BlackBerry Research said, "Quote: The attacker sent out targeted phishing emails with a weaponized document attached that purports to be an exhibitor manual for PyMek 23." being the acronym for Pakistan International Maritime Expo and Conference. BlackBerry said the attacks are designed to target marine-related entities and event visitors by tricking the message recipients into opening the seemingly harmless Microsoft Word document.
0: So, okay, there's two things going on here. One, um, the attack vector. It's it's basic phishing, social engineering, using what looks like a macro payload uh, in a Microsoft Word you know, targeting individuals who are expecting some type of exhibitor manual because they are attending a conference. Okay. So the attack vector, it this is as, you know, textbook academic case study as you can get. Okay. This is basic. Like this is something that I would take and, and use as an example in a cybersecurity college course, right? Intro to cyber. The other interesting thing is the Attacker motivations and the victim pool. So this is a really, really hyper-targeted uh, social engineering attack, obviously designed for Pakistani maritime. So you got to think like who who's behind this attack? Someone who's interested in getting into the emails and systems of Pakistan um, maritime officials. I don't know who Pakistan's... Um, Enemies are, but I mean, clearly th- to me this has geopolitical um all over it, right? This is not about cybercrime or ransomware or anything like this. This is a you know, super targeted, well thought out, deliberate attack um on them. You know, you know, Pakistan, it doesn't matter who it who's attacking them, right? Because I mean they could have attribution, but to what end? Uh they should protect themselves, be mindful of that, and um You know, think about who their who their adversaries are, and what value there would be in getting into the maritime stuff. And be mindful, maybe uptick the defenses. This this to me is a great story for the simply cyber community, especially if you're new to information information security, because it's a nice, tightly packaged um case study. Okay, um, I'm just reading a little bit more. The goal of the campaign is to steal the most interesting files containing information. Yeah, I mean, they're just like hoping, right, to get something of value. I would suspect that they actually have an objective. The threat actors behind this have some objective rather than just like vacuuming up a bunch of stuff and seeing if they get anything of value. But uh, they also, uh, yeah, they get the name Xorg. The XOR key is penguin which is where they get the name sometimes you might be like why have they got the stupid name news penguin well the key in this instance is penguin uh just like fun fact i know that FireEye comes up with these you know silly names um or or has like the graphics and stuff like that fuzzy bear cozy bear whatever like th- them aside a lot of times threat actor groups are like almost name themselves right so like ransomware threat actor groups like loki bot right so loki um like the file extensions of the encrypted files are dot .loki um you know like uh, like lapses .lapses right so like uh in this case penguin is the key for the xor um I- encryption thing so like they almost kind of name themselves so sometimes if you're wondering where these dumb names come from <laughs> the threat actors kind of name them themselves you are so
1: dumb all right, all right. that's that's enough ability allows hackers to remotely tamper with dahua security cameras Researchers have discovered a vulnerability that can be exploited by remote hackers to tamper with a timestamp of videos recorded by Dahua security cameras. Advisories describing the vulnerability, tracked as CVE-2022-30564, were published on Wednesday by both Dahua and India-based cybersecurity company Rednant, who initially discovered it through this vulnerability an attacker with knowledge of working with APIs can modify a device's system time by sending it a specially crafted packet. Twitter Okay.
0: Okay, so yes, th- there is a thing here where you can tamper with the um, the system time. All right. A couple things here. Like this one has a it says high severity rating of 53, which, you know, we could argue if 53 is even considered high. Um Using APIs, you could tamper with the timestamp on the film. Here's here's a thing. Like this is another like, to me, this is another like what whatever like story. It's important to realize that you could use APIs to um, tamper or change timestamps from a forensically sound perspective. Here's the deal. If someone breaks into a building or whatever, you like you're still going to have the footage of them breaking in. You're not losing visibility. This isn't like Mission Impossible 3 where like it's playing a loop of video, right? And you're like, "Oh, I, I didn't see we got robbed." No, it's none of that. That's all there. Secondly, if the telemetry is coming through to some type of like managed central console where there's like multiple feeds being fed in into a, a regular system, then those are being timestamped there as well. So it's not like the timestamp coming off the camera is like the you know, the truth, and that's that. And you're going to be like, "Oh, well, let's go look at this." Now, if you just go to the camera itself and you scrub to, you know, whatever, one p m today, maybe there's a situation um where that happens. but I, I, I think the the impact of this is a little bit less than than what they're kind of portraying it as.
1: ...informs users they are over daily tweet limit. Kowalski analysis. Some Twitter users were unable to tweet on Wednesday after the website experienced technical problems. Account holders received a message saying you are over the daily limit for sending tweets. For months, experts have been warning that deep cuts in Twitter's workforce could cause technical issues, though it is not yet clear if the reduced headcount was to blame for Wednesday's outage. it's not. It's not. Some users reported being notified by Twitter that they were over the 2,400 tweet per day limit, even if they had not posted on Wednesday. Chat.
0: G- okay. So a couple things here. Yes. I saw all sorts of people promoting on Twitter that they couldn't tweet. I saw people say that they couldn't follow more people on Twitter. Like, oh, like you've reached your follow limit for the day. And people were like, what the crap is this? All right, here we go. Tinfoil hat. Here we go. Um, Twitter's charging for API, API interfaces now. Guess what? Prediction. You can tweet like uh, twenty tweets a day, and then after that you can buy bundles of 100 tweets for five bucks, or buy like sign up for a basic plan and get a hundred tweets a day you know five like it's like a freemium model, right like five tweets a day for free, a hundred for ten dollars a month, or unlimited for thirty dollars a month that like that's what's happening. Twitter is a dumpster fire, and Elon is now trying to monetize everything about it um, but yeah, the, the the other thing I'll say, and this is kind of more of a, a macro level picture, um, from from a business perspective, but like when you develop a product and you make the price free, when you like when you try to charge for it, people are going to be outraged because you've already established, you've already established that it's free, right? If you if you make it a hundred dollars a month and then you offer a discount for $75 a month, people are like, yeah. If you make it $0 a month, and then you make it $75 a month, people are like, wow, pitchforks and fire, right? So that's what's happening here. I would expect, yes, they have less staff, but dudes, like, they, like they're going to charge. Like, I would expect this story comes out next week. They're probably testing the technical configurations to make sure that they can throttle and limit the amount of tweets people can do based on a tiering system.
1: I guarantee you. Hot, hot takes. ...ET frenzy creates knockoffs. In yesterday's episode of Cybersecurity Headlines, we discussed how other tech companies are quickly taking their place on the generative AI bandwagon, especially in China, with Alibaba and Baidu announcing their respective competitors to chat GPT. But so too have hucksters, who are seeking to take financial advantage of the confusion and novelty of this technology. Writing in TechCrunch, Arita Liao describes, quote, scores of ChatGPT knockoffs that began cropping up on WeChat last week, end quote, many using the word ChatGPT in their names, and one actually just calling itself ChatGPT, who charged the journalist $4.50 to ask 20 questions on its interface. Yep. All right. So
0: guys, this is... This is uh, also classic, right? Wherever there is um, a fury of activity, a fury of focus, scam artists and uh, criminals are going to show up. So a couple things that are happening here. Also, I saw someone mention that they're watching uh, from Turkey, Balf, Um They're dealing with some serious uh, earthquake issues out there. All the best and hope everybody uh, is okay in there. So people are like, yes, we read yesterday that Alibaba uh, is coming up with like a ChatGPT thing that they're going to be uh, integrating with their platforms. And I said, it's going to have biases and all this other stuff. Um, this is another kind of angle. Yes, there are other AI bots that are probably not as good as ChatGPT, but um, you can you can kind of like take advantage of people because people don't know any better. Like ChatGPT has already established brand that this is a cool thing that everybody should check out. So if I create Simply Cyber ChatGPT, and I send it to people and I'm like, oh, this is Chat GPT. Like, they're not gonna know the difference between this and that. Now, you and I know the difference, and we'd be like, this is stupid. This is not ChatGPT. But criminals, scam artists, con men, they don't care. They're looking for any victim, right? This is this is the hallmark of a charlatan. They just want to to make, you know. Cash, homie. So expect that. I could also envision um some type of um situation where like legitimate AI companies, right? So not straight fraudsters, uh push up in in and um like fraudulently inflate the value of their of their platform, of their company and get bought. Uh famously to to put you know to to age myself guys and uh if anyone's in chat that's probably like 40 plus years old you'll know what I'm talking about. And for those younger whippersnappers, gather around, because I've got a story for you. In, in the year 2000, okay, imagine it, if you will, the year 2000, okay, the dot-com boom is happening. People are investing loads of money into just ideas. I remember for a fact, there were companies that got started during the dot-com boom that did nothing. They were literally the term vaporware was created and the idea was that you would hire like my software engineering professor at university of massachusetts was was part of this okay like a guy like someone would be like, oh, okay, like, hey, I need software engineer from University of Massachusetts with a PhD in um, computer science. I need, uh, you know, this marketing executive person, right? So you would build like a team on paper. You'd never actually go to work and you'd say, hey, we're creating a product that does AI generation that's going to compete directly with ChatGPT. Look at who's on our staff. We have the leading expert in Uh, robotics from MIT. We have the leading software engineer from university of Massachusetts. We have a value, like you never write a line of code and you're like, we have a valuation of $285 million already. And then some company like Google or whatever, like buys them for two reasons. One, to get the intellectual property, but more importantly, two, to like absorb their competition so there's less competition. I knew multiple companies that did this. They literally it was just a cash grab on the threat that they were going to go into market, which they never were. Okay? It's a it's a it's a real thing. And then obviously, it's part of the reason the dot com boom turned into the dot com bust. Because people were inv- like businesses were investing money all over the place in things that didn't matter and they ran out of money and the products sucked. And you know, a couple things made it through, right? Like Yahoo, if you guys remember Yahoo, Yahoo made it through. That was a big one. Um, Mark Cuban famously made his billions with selling broad or his initial investment. Uh, broadcast.com was supposed to be like the radio for the internet. Okay. Anyways, long story short, I could see something similar happening. Because, uh, like I said, dude, we're moving into the AI age. The information age was when the dot-com boom thing exploded. We're, we're moving into the AI age. I have no doubt that that's where we're going. Five years from now, it'll, it'll be like AI will be all up and everything. Ten years from now, absolutely.
1: Remember to join us for our weekend review show.
0: All right. So that's going to do it for the stream. Let's play some music. All right, guys. Thank you so much for being here. Let's see. What, what's this? Yeah. If you are here for the news, thank you so much to the 188 of you who joined us today. Hit that like button. Share this with uh, friends, family, colleagues, people that will get value. Maybe not, not all your family is going to care uh, about cybersecurity, but we do have a good time in here. Uh, I want to wish all of you to have a great long weekend and by long two days, but you know, Make it feel long if you can. Enjoy. Treat yourself. Get some rest. Get some relaxation. Have a soda or two. Andrew Nakamura's spot on. TGIF. I'm not digging this song, though, guys. Yeah. William Ayers. Chinadu. AI. Boom. That's right. All right, guys. If you're new here, say what's up in chat. We always spend a few minutes kind of jawjacking at the end. I'll give uh, two minutes, and then I'm going to boogie on down. Thank you all uh, for a great week. Omatola Agbana. Good to see you. Hey, Alex. Hey, Adam V. Still waiting to confirm, Adam, with uh, Cody Kinsey. Haven't got a confirmation on that. Oh, guys. um, Real quick, since we're in the jaw jacking phase. um, I was looking for sound effects for the chat. We need a sound effect for chat GPT. There's Hal 9000. I, I don't think you guys can hear these, can you? Can you? I don't know if you can hear that, but there's Hal9000 saying, I'm sorry, Dave. I can't do that. There's a C3PO. We can do a C3PO one. Yeah, no, I know Cody's a busy guy. Um, I mean, his people reached out to me and said that they wanted to do it, and uh, like a date and time and everything. I'm just literally waiting to confirm it. Okay, well, if you guys can't hear it, that's fine. Uh, I am taking thoughts on ChatGPT sound effects. So we could do HAL 9000, we could do some uh, C-3PO. Um, You know, I don't know what you guys think. Short circuit clip, let's see. Three short beeps. Oh, no, that's not good. (laughs) That's the sound effect of the start for pole position. Tripod from War of the Worlds. Thanks for the super chat.
1: What? Did we just become best friends? Yep.
0: What's tripod? Uh, War of the Worlds tripod. Very loud. Here. Oh, that's good. Like the big long, the long kind of bass sound. Oh, all right. Dang that's pretty serious I'll tell you what guys you know what how about I put I'll I'll pick like three or four um and I'll have them on Monday and they'll no doubt be a chat GPT story and uh, we can we can play with a few of them okay all right Johnny five the old Android phones used to make um, I don't know. Oh my god, that sounded awful. Good thing you didn't hear that. Okay, that's not bad. Android ringtone. Uh, No, I hear you gaming with the cat. I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I like to do um, community, community... Um, community options. Ooh, War Games. Joshua. Ooh, that's pretty good. Shall we play a game? Is good. Shall we play a game? Nice. Nice. Wally. Uh, I think I would rip my ears off if I had to listen to that sound effect multiple times. R2D2 screaming. That's pretty good R2 D2 scream. That's pretty good. All right guys. We've got some good options. I only like to do four options Um, So I'll pick four and uh, We'll go from there Jetsons BB-8 No (laughs) See, I like the HAL 9000. I'm sorry I can't do that because it's very ominous. You know, it's very scary. All right, guys, I'm going to boogie out of here. Thank you all so very much. I hope you have a great weekend. Uh, We will see you on Monday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern time for the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Be good. And until next time, stay secure.